Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. Welcome to another episode here at Nerd Herder. I am J-Dub. And I am also here. I am Boop. You are Boop. And yes, I was definitely paying attention. I, I, you know what? I lied. I'm not J-Dub. I am what remains after my afternoon I nap. I am what you made me. <laughs> I am what you made me, Star Wars Twitter. Speaking of, my phone is still going off. Good. <laughs> you deserve it What with your, you, I get a text. In the middle of the day. <laughs> like, I'm at work. I'm trying to get You knew what it. was happening. I knew exactly what was happening. And then uh, just feelings out of nowhere. Thanks, <laughs> buddy. Yes, Great. I'm watching Empire, and I decide to share my thoughts and feelings and with, with you, Boop. You followed it up with Zilla. I, I did. I was going to... I don't remember what I was going to watch. I was going to watch something else. And then that, uh, you know popped by and it was just like you know what why not i'm feeling nostalgic today. yeah mm-hmm. um hank azaria i i have confused a small portion of the internet into thinking i am good at star wars a small portion. so if you are here now because of that uh i'm sorry a larger portion um, of the internet knows that you're excellent at star wars i, I guarantee uh you will be disappointed but i'm glad you are here uh for my overly deep and and weird uh thoughts on star wars because that's what we we do hear primarily, we have those thoughts about a lot of things, actually, though. Um, we, we've we talked uh, Star Wars and everything else pretty much. I mean, we've got a lot more ground we can and will eventually cover. Um, but uh, and, and similarly, so much Star Wars to still discuss. Uh, generally, we follow the, the leadings of what's going on in our Star Wars world right now, which is what led us to today's episode. Uh, all about Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes, because I don't know if you know, but a little show on Disney Plus did. Uh, I know you were busy with your Miss Marvel and all that, but if mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if outside of that you were not living under a rock, you would know that a, a, a lovely little show Obi Wan Kenobi did release. I have to keep remembering it's not just Kenobi because for some no, reason that's how I remember it in my brain. Obi Wan Kenobi or Kenobi, as I've been calling Kenobi. <laughs> Uh, yes, it happened. It was fantastic. Loved it so much. Um, and it did something. You want to talk about some feels? It did some things to me. I felt some things. Uh, Which and is I, odd <laughs> and because you're half Vulcan. Uh, apparently. Uh, I also it wasn't the biggest Kenobi fan. And so uh, got to talk about that. Um, but uh, we don't want to condense this just to uh, the show. And so we sought out the nerdiest and funnest and uh, bestest boys to join us and chat about this. First and foremost, we have returning friend of the show, the lovely Michael with us tonight. (laughs) Hey, Michael (laughs) Bottle Wilson McCoy. How are you, sir? I got my podcast fuel. I'm very excited to be here. Love being on the show. Love (laughs) both of you lovely folks. And our other guest is here, too. (laughs) yes we're just glad you found your way back into the podcast back room we got worried uh when we discovered the hole you dug in the wall but uh you're look i I get restless i get restless (laughs) we need to throw new things into his enclosure 
or else he's not going to be right. enriched. Uh, exactly. He was he was jealous of the Boba fan base that has been uh, uprising. He's um, sniffing my leg right yeah, now. We had a bonus guest last episode if you watched the latter half of that. Uh, <laughs> the lovely Boba has a lot of Star Wars opinions. We just don't allow him to share them because he's just True. controversial. And he he's not quite English. Star Wars theory, but he's he's controversial. Sure. Um, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and, and joining the best of boys is another best boy. Hello there. Hello there. Or I guess I'm fresh off of rewatching uh, Backstroke of the West for the first time in the minute last night. <laughs> so I guess I should say everybody is good. <laughs> I don't have a point of reference for that. Michael's dabbing. I I don't know. Oh, we've, good, we've good, lost. Old, good old HRC dab from uh, Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, very excited to be back. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm glad I'm not forced to uh, share airtime with that uh, hack fraud, Scotty J. Uh, it's not much <laughs> of an improvement with Michael, but I'll take it. My gosh. I, you know, the, the beef between these boys. Is, Michael is, is the real. fifth beetle of the Bombad cast. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm the third eye. That's the official That's title. Great. There oh. you go. That's very on brand for you, Michael. Um, really quick, top of the show. Want to uh, remind everyone that uh, in the de description you can find links to check out the awesome Amadala Initiative and also uh, the What Choice fundraiser. Two awesome uh, places to be throwing your attention and, if you can, your money. Um, to support all kinds of awesome things uh, that Star Wars fans and creators are doing to support uh, LGBTQ plus families in Texas, as well as those affected by the recent uh, uh, repeal of Roe v. Wade. Uh, we want people taken care of and we want people to have access to health care. So if you're exactly. about that business, check out the links in the description. We also have uh, links for merch. Uh, you can support Nerd Herder and uh, the Amadala Initiative with our Pride merch uh, if you want. Slap that rainbow sticker on whatever you want. Get it on a shirt. Get it on a mug. Get it on your dad. Uh, we'll make a donation uh, on your behalf to Amadala Initiative for every purchase of that. So maybe your dad needs a sticker. Maybe maybe your dad does need a sticker. Sometimes maybe you your dad need a dad. Needs a sticker. Uh, you know, there. Who knows? Maybe maybe we're not all privileged. Listen. Jared can be uh, with your dad. Fathers. Yes. Jer Jared is the daddy of this cast uh, tonight, at least. So um, we let him in sometimes. <laughs> we let him in sometimes. So, uh, like I mentioned, um, I've kind of led up to this before just because we, we haven't talked Kenobi because it would be too easy to make any episode about that prior to this. Um, but I have uh, alluded to the fact that I was. Very pleased with this new show, uh, mostly because I was a naysayer of the show. You're and a naysayer so, about a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I that's, do say nay. You're practically a horse with the amount of times you say nay. Um, <laughs> and, 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 oh. That was really funny. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. It wasn't as funny as your reaction, but I'll allow it. Um, uh, you're incorrigible. Um, He's a horse. <laughs> we need to clip that Kenobi, right. yes we that that's the new famous clip uh kenobi yes um i don't know uh how the the rest of the boba Bless you, my i goodness. don't know how the rest of the gang feels boba's trying to give his hot takes about kenobi <laughs> apparently boba's um, about to say something awful about reva i just feel like <laughs> <laughs> we did say he was controversial uh michael uh over to you how do you feel prior to this show and in general uh, about Kenobi. 
Uh, prior to the show, I mean, I liked uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was um, never my favorite of the Jedi. I think Qui-Gon has always been yeah. number one in my books. Um, but over the years, I've grown to really I knew appreciate... I like this panel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the years, I've grown to appreciate Obi-Wan, especially the more material we get. Uh, like I think the novel Master and Apprentice uh, deepened my appreciation for the character more. Uh, the little bit we had to see of him in Rebels and Twin Sons, absolutely phenomenal. And then the show added a whole nother layer of depth to Kenobi by giving us sort of the broken Kenobi mm -hmm. in that era of his life that I think has really, really made me fall in love with the character. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think there's a lot of folks that kind of have him as the poster Jedi child and everything. Um I, I will say the times he's been more grounded, uh, some of which you mentioned, uh, were were big ones for me. And and I think those are becoming um, some of his outshining moments in in general uh, in recent years. Um, mm. It's it's interesting because before this show, he was such a all right. We're going to pull the Obi Wan card occasionally, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not going to overshow it uh, and overdo it. Uh, and then here he is getting his whole show, um, and I think they handled. I think they handled that very well. Uh, what about you, Jared? Uh, the Dark Jedi. I, I've always loved Obi Wan. He's uh, he's always been one of those you know top five, if not top ten characters. Um, what if I could, if I were to make a comparison with Obi Wan? He's very much like in some ways like star Wars answer to like a Superman, you know, like mm. that incorruptible, you know, mm. like paragon of like, this is how you do it. He is the quintessential Jedi. Uh, he, he, he avoid, he, he evades the, the pitfalls that so many Jedi fall into uh, even the best of them. Even your Luke Skywalkers uh, have moments where they kind of buckle under the, uh, the fear or the, uh, need to do the Jedi thing. Obi-Wan never really succumbs to that for any extended period of time, really. Mm. And it makes him incredibly noble and it makes for why a show like Kenobi can exist, that it is an exploration of somebody who can't and won't break. Uh, like, like, I think that's kind of the whole point with this show is that, you know, he's not, the type of Jedi who this could happen to him and he fall to the dark side and he completely fall apart in that way. He is, he, he's like, he's like your, he's your hero Jedi, mm. you know? And I think it, it's very, it makes him very special uh, that he is in so many ways, this noble hero in a way that even the Jedi can't quite crack the way he does. Um, so yeah, I've always loved Obi-Wan and, you know, I'm a Vader guy by trade, so <laughs> you can't. You know, I'm wearing it's it's, it's I'm very much my Vader a duality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, just yeah. that relationship unto itself <laughs> makes him somebody yeah. very. Yes, everything is a diet. Peanut butter and jelly is a diet. Yes. yes. Um. Uh. So, I I do think that's interesting in that uh, he represents like, because so I'm I'm a big one and and it's often said right that Luke is a very uh, great example of what the Jedi should be. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Kenobi is a very uh, standing example of what the Jedi are. And I mean the Jedi, like the order, the, the institution. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily 
uh, peacekeepers, uh, you know, light bearers, you know, all of that. I, I think what the order and the uh, group is at the time he exists in it, uh, he is the best version of what it can be, yeah. right? Uh, he's the goodest you can get in a corrupt organization. And I, and I use that term a little loosely just because, uh, you know, it's, it's not corrupt in the same sense as the Senate. Uh, you know, they tend to fall back on that during the prequels. It's decaying. The Cold War, it's decaying. Yeah, it, it's more. It's more that the only corruption really that happened is the stagnation of their morality, uh, more than anything. Um, and so, but like you said, you know, Obi Wan doesn't step in that. Um, he still gets to be uh, the the boy by the book while also still being a good boy. Like in general, I don't think we would say Obi Wan's done anything horrible or bad no but um, he overlooked a lot of things which was the cardinal sin of the jedi in my opinion for sure yes. Willing if to you were to if you were to try to put like obi-wan's like like here are the things that are like morally questionable about him like i think his greatest defense is he came out swinging at maul after he killed qui-gon mm -hmm. like like that's the only real time you ever see Obi Wan even like within spitting distance of the dark side is the is that very like oh I'm about to whoop your ass little like bounce yeah. he's doing yep. before he gets a shot at Maul like and it's and you can see that come through and that's like the most aggressive and filled with like any type of real anger we've ever seen Obi Wan other than that like that's the only time I can really think of there being like a you know even almost thought about touching the dark side even a little bit but even yeah. then you know yeah the the other like only worst thing you can say that obi-wan has done is like original trilogy obi-wan thinking the only way to to deal with vader is to kill him not thinking that there's any help for him which again that's understandable it's not evil it's not yeah, a yeah. dark side influence on him it's just something he was wrong about yeah yeah i mean well, and especially now after this show, I, I do because I was I was one of those like fun at parties Star Wars fans where it's just like, uh, you know, oh, you like Star Wars? Cool. What's your favorite character? Boba Fett. What about you? Oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, you know, Obi-Wan really wasn't a good guy. You know, that whole from a certain point of view stuff. You got to kill your father. Like I was that guy for a long time. You were very uh, fun at parties. <laughs> and um but having this show now, not that there wasn't already enough grounds to come to the conclusion of why he would think that, yeah. this show now establishes yeah. firmly yeah. why he's set in that perspective. Like, you know, yeah. it, him saying, like, the, the um, truths we cling to depend on our point of view. The truth he clings to is the point of view of a master who was told by his, you know, pseudo-dead student, hey, no, I'm, I'm not your failure. I killed Anakin, yeah, I, I am Vader. I am evil. I, I you know, this. right? Like, okay, I yeah. Mean, you, hey, you made this. I made this. He might as well have told uh, Luke in Episode Six. Like, he, he literally told me. He literally told me. Yes. <laughs> you know, Kenobi went there with the ideal of I can fix him. Vader went. I could make him worse. The, there, there's an interesting thought though with that of like, I mean, Vader does essentially tell Luke the same thing in episode six. And this isn't a Luke cast, but, um, Could be. you know, he tells him like, it's too late for me. And Luke doesn't, he's not satisfied with that answer. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so that there's, uh, an interesting 
relationship there between uh you know the master and student and and the father and the son but that's another podcast probably i think one of the most important things to have in life is you know not just friends who are willing you're willing to lean on or are wanting to help is to have someone who's not willing to give up on you Mm. that is exactly what anakin needed yeah absolutely and and who better than his son exactly um so yeah, I, I love all of that, uh, Obi, and and I and I agree with a lot of that perspective, Jared, of of Obi Wan as this sort of uh, incorruptible best example of and of Jedi Superman. and all of that. But but the, it, it's very relatable with why that was not one of my favorite characters. With that illustration alone, it explains yeah. why I never really got along with Obi Wan. Like it was, Boy he Scout. just he just wasn't for me, relatable in those sides because I could see the problems with the Jedi. I had my feelings about what uh, they could have done better. Uh, you know, the whole, I, all of that with the story. So it was like, mm-hmm. I can't like Obi-Wan that much because I see him as almost the epitome of the Jedi in the scenario, much like Anakin did. And so making that thread is actually a, a really good explanation for why for a long time I struggled with this character yeah well you also i mean and obi-wan's also such a great example and you said it yourself it's like you know this is the best you can be hi eli you see michael and i on screen together it's something you never get to see because <laughs> michael lost playing along um, getting along nobody's beating nobody at trivia uh, <laughs> michael certainly isn't beating me these days <laughs> i'm sorry who who lost via tko i mean do we need to remind people i don't know i've won by tko twice now Oh yeah, against an apathetic loser, your co-host who lost you the first match, and a drunk. I don't give a shit. <laughs> For those without Trey, context, that's like the most interesting content you could have teased. Yeah. Um, um, go watch Epic Confrontations. It's yes, wonderful. and annual um, reminder that you could be watching this live and interacting with us, like the lovely uh, uh, Eli and Brooks are in the chat. Yes. Um, um, but no, like, like he, he's the best you can do within a broken system. Yeah. And like, even going off of the, uh, t- talking about like, the point of view and all of that malarkey, um, to use the word of another paragon of a broken system, um, <laughs> like go all the way back to what Satine says about Obi-Wan, you know, like the half truth and hyperbole that is the man of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like there's a little bit of that, like Obi-Wan's like, you know, oh, well, you know, the truth is subjective sometimes when I need to get a point across. And like, it's just, Obi-Wan is so fascinating. And like, he's not the kind of, like I, I for a long time was not a Superman guy until I realized that like the point is not, I'm not supposed to relate to Superman. I'm supposed to aspire to mm. Superman. He's aspirational. I've always related more to Batman and like, and just maybe in like an interpersonal relationship kind of way, like Spencer, my best friend, my co-host who lost me the match Ooh. against Bombad cast. Spooter. 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 Spiny. Spoodle. Um, sphincter. Whatever you want to call him. Um, like he and I have always had that. Like we've joked about it. That like we have that Obi-Wan, Anakin, Batman, Superman kind of relationship. Where it's like he's always has been this very put together, you know, literally an Eagle Scout kind of goody two shoes guy. And I'm just like foul mouthed, you know, kind of, you know, little little bit of anarchy, never hurt the party kind of mm-hmm. guy. And that's always been our relationship. And I don't like there's a, there's a beauty to, you know, Obi-Wan being just so aspirational. Like, I think I think yeah. that's the word for it. Um he has that spirit. He has that hope to him. Um, 
and I think it makes him fascinating. And again, like I've never related to Obi Wan, but I wish I could be more like Obi Wan. I think that's you know? the I think that's the frustrating struggle with those kinds of characters. I think part of the reason um, people like me are mostly like, ah, screw Obi Wan. Like I want more interesting, relate instantly relatable characters. Is it's because it's like because I'm not as good as Obi Wan. Good, you know, good from a point of view. But it's like. Yeah, uh, I'll never be that. So I'm not even going to yeah. climb that mountain. I'm going to go over here to this little orphan boy that I relate to too, too much. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's but, why I think Kenobi, the show, really helped, you know, people like us to really get the character yes. more, to see him at a more broken level, to to get back to that level, to climb back to the top after well, being devastated and having yeah. his faith shattered. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's what I was going to reference back to is, like you said, he's more interesting the more you get to know. If you look at the outside features and the most highest qualities of the character, you see everything we've talked about. What I love is what's getting added deeper and deeper and deeper. And they've, and they've been doing it since the Clone Wars, uh, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Um, oop, uh, before we start diving into uh, the journey I'm of the Kenobes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of got on a deviation there. I didn't mind. Um, it's good podcasting. But giving it back to you, uh, <laughs> your pre-show Kenobi thoughts, um, where did the character land for you? Head empty, mullet. Like, that is my entire, <laughs> you know, preconceived notion of Kenobi, as with most things I go into. I like to go in completely dumb and blind. Um, it's a superpower, really. I know. Um, I do not take it for granted in the slightest. I, I want to say real quick, uh, it, I've oddly, like, I watch Attack of the Clones a lot. You do. I watch all of them a lot. Uh, I, You know, I've, I kind of proudly tweeted about it when uh, the pod Daddy Pete uh, put out their polls. Like, how often do you watch Star Wars? And, you know, it's like yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, or whatever. And I put daily, and I was, like, so proud of it and, and everything. And then I was after the fact, like, oh, my God, what is wrong with me? Um, nothing nothing absolutely nothing it, it it is pretty darn close to daily i will say and attack of the clones and, and um obviously the phantom menace are high up there um the mullet yeah because it attack of the clones never used to be a kenobi movie to me i do like gumshoe kenobi really? but in general i was mostly like give me give me anakin being angsty okay. boy give me tamara morrison you know i want i want i want to relive my emo phase and miss my dad all at the same time <laughs> Um, and then you get over that. And and now I'm so going back and I'm just it. like, this man is gorgeous. This is the peak yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi look. What was I thinking? More men should have mullets. More <laughs> Even when he has the CGI beard in a couple scenes. Exactly. Look, a mullet is a beautiful thing. Like, I grew up in the rural South. You need a mullet. Kenobi rocks protect it, protect the back of your neck. Yeah, like, Kenobi it is, rocks it. It is essential. We saw a child with a rat tail the other day. We did. But back to the point, the tradition I was going to make a point and yep. I forgot what it, I remember what it was. There you go. So I had a like realization while we were talking about Qui-Gon forever ago in our normal life, which we do pretty much daily at this point. There's so many episodes of this podcast right? we've never recorded. You have no idea. <laughs> we should just like Relatable. whip out a voice memo in general at, uh, at any time in our day. Right. But like I, I had the realization that Qui-Gon was a good man in general. Like that's that was his whole outlook obi-wan was a good jedi and yep. i think that's the duality of those characters is you can be really really good at your job and not like make a connection to anyone ever 
Yeah, I mean, it goes back, like, I, I've often said, and, and this is mostly, like, my perceptions with certain scenes in The Phantom Menace, where I'm like, this can either hey, be buddy. super sarcastic Qui-Gon, or it can be completely genuine, right? So there's a scene yeah. where they're arguing about the fate of Anakin and everything, and Qui-Gon's like, the council should, will decide Anakin's fate, that should be enough for you. And it's just like, if you read that a certain way, he's saying, like, look, little good boy, Eagle Scout Jedi. All right, the council's going to decide, and since you like the council so much, you Go know, for it. You, you'll you'll agree with whatever they decide. Okay, yeah. so just let I it mean, be. Um, and I just love that pairing so much. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. <laughs> yeah, like, I love Obi Wan and Qui Gon as a unit so much because you have like, hello, Nick. Hello, hello. What's up, Daddy? Milk. He daddy. texted me Milk last daddy. night, uh, like unprovoked, out of nowhere a picture of him drinking out of his identical Nerd Academy mug. Oh. And he was like, do you know why I'm drinking whiskey out of my T-Nap mug right now? I said, no, sir. Why? He's like, because I'm awesome and I piss excellence. Um, <laughs> I, I, love you, like, I love you, Nick. I love you. I love you. Everybody go subscribe to Podcast. Yes, World. yes, yes, yes. But <laughs> no, I, um, I love them as a unit because like everybody at that age is like, that's like the rebellious phase, you know, and it makes so much sense for Qui-Gon Jinn, the Jedi Order is very like, hey, I heard what you said. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because like I listen to the Force, not the Order. Um, mm. He's that mentality he has. So like his rebellious student is this friggin' square. Yeah. Who's just like so like by the book? Well, you know, Master, the Jedi Code states like, and it's <laughs> like I'm like I don't give a shit. Shut up. Well, and like, it's funny because that that's sort of like what Master and Apprentice added into the lore, which is that yes. Obi Wan used to be a rule breaker, but by pairing him up with Qui Gon, the only way he like, could be rebellious oh. is to become the strictest rule follower. Yeah. And so that's how. Well, and and that that's the other like pseudo sarcastic thing i was going to point out about the phantom menace is later on when they have that oh you know qui-gon's gonna die moment of you know like i foresee you'll be a great jedi like you know he he's specifically says i think you'll be a great jedi yeah you know it's like i mean he does say you know you're a good apprentice you're wise all that but he he wisdom points, only gets you so far babe yeah he points specifically you're gonna be a good jedi between knowledge you, and wisdom you get along mm -hmm. with it you you're in you know it's it's like the earlier like it's like you you think the council's always right. So whatever they decide, if they're as mm -hmm. right as you think they are, then it will be right. You know, it's like it it's an interesting uh dichotomy for sure. But yeah, I I, I absolutely agree. Again, again hitting the nail of just like he, he's kind of a wet blanket because he's just a really good Jedi. He's not more interesting than that. Yeah. Uh until you get stories like this that take him further and make him deeper and and do more with him. Yeah, and he's um, seen so many times fallen Jedi, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, He's seen what happens to people who break the rules, you know. He, he you, has you reasons to be. He has reasons to be who he is. Is what we yeah. find when we, yeah. we journey further with him. Uh, and so, I mean, I think I think obviously a good place to uh, start would be uh, with young Obi Wan, but um, I also uh, decided okay. against that. Yeah. So only because I'm going to do I'm going to do the uh, release order logic oh. only because uh, starting off from a point of 
look, I never liked this character. Why? Because I started with the original trilogy. And I mean that from the perspective of I never really dug old Ben. I never really uh, got him from the beginning. It's everything that's happened since the original trilogy trilogy that's made him more interesting and retroactively made the original trilogy more interesting. Yeah. So I think working from that logic, it makes sense to start with where originally he was a little bit less interesting uh, and, and work from there. So, uh, you know, I mean, we get him uh, alluded to quite interestingly throughout A New Hope of, you know, old crazy guy, lives on the outskirts, you know, that wizard and all that. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be an elder hermit. It's so interesting, uh, obviously, now with who we know the character to be, to have him uh, reduced to, to so much. But um, I, I think for me, he filled a role. He, he did what he needed to do to advance Luke into the story. Um, and so A New Hope, wasn't always the most uh, material to work with for the character. Yeah. Uh, Jared, A New yes. Hope, Ben Kenobi. Um, before the show, with but with a, a, a you can feel free to pull from uh, the show and recent media and everything. But how did how did you feel about Ben Kenobi originally? Well, I mean, the thing with Ben Kenobi is that, like, you know, A New Hope. There's a reason why A New Hope is taught when people are trying to introduce students to Joseph Campbell. Uh, because it is so very much like the hero's journey. Like you could not map it out any better if you tried and Lucas tried. Yeah. And one of the things that makes Obi-Wan so fascinating beginning to end chronologically, whatever you want to do is that you start with somebody who is meant to be this old mental wizard character, you know, like there's, I don't think there's anybody in fiction broadly speaking, who is as much this archetype as Obi-Wan Kenobi, like short of like a Gandalf. That was Gandalf as a close second. The only <laughs> character who's in the we conversation for just like, I am an old man and I know things about the magic and I'm going to teach you the magic and now we know the magic together. Yeah. And now that you I know died. enough of the magic to teach yourself the magic, I'm dead. You know, like, <laughs> but I will Merlin talk to archetype. you from the afterlife. <laughs> exactly, like like he, like like he is that. Yep. He is that distilled. Like that is like it. It is essence of Campbellian mentor archetype, mm. uh, and that's what Obi Wan's meant to be at that point in the story. Again, retroactively, he becomes a little bit more interesting. Where it's like, okay, like he is bold face lying to Luke. Part of that is Alec Guinness's performance, whether or not. Uh, the late Sir Alec Guinness liked the movie or not. He did that little bit of like a uncomfortable rock back and forth talking to Luke mm. that set the stage for it to be like, and now we're going to retroactively make this way crazier than you think it is. Um, right? So, yeah, no, I mean, at, at the time, you know, like there's a reason why for the longest time pre prequel and even post prequel to a certain extent, old mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi was just shorthand for old mentor. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, yeah, it, it, it fulfills that purpose. And it may perhaps be a little one note, uh, but characters like that are completely built around uh, their charm and their impact on the plot, not necessarily being a fascinating character unto themselves. So, yeah. For sure. Well, and, and Boop and I were even talking recently about like part of the appeal of so much recent uh, Star Wars media, the heart of it 
is how it plays to the greater context. Like everything has an implication on something else. You watch this obvious, you know, Kenobi, uh, it enhances the prequels, it enhances, enhances the original trilogy. Uh, it can enhance a lot of things, even Rebels, uh, if, you, if you're into it. Um, I am into it. Book of Boba Fett, you know, uh, you don't really watch Attack of the Clones and Return of the Jedi quite the same after that, I think, uh, once Boba Fett is a character again. Uh, and Clone Wars did it over there, but now this was in the forefront. Yeah. Um, and, and time after time, we see these stories that uh, not only tell the story they're telling right in front of us but tell a story uh to the stories around them uh and and whatnot and i think that's what's so interesting about star wars right now is uh it's always a domino effect every new thing is a domino effect of the next i'm i'm looking forward to what andor is going to do to that same effect where it's making the rise of the empire more interesting it's making rogue one more interesting which rogue one began the journey of making other Star Wars more interesting, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's, it's all cement between the bricks. Yep. I'm just excited for space Antifa. <laughs> Same, bro. You and me both. Oh my goodness! I just, if he touches a hut, I'm gonna go ethereal. I, you know what? And um, even uh, even Diego Luna's coming back with a little bit of a mullet. So there's yes. something there's something about there's power in the mullet right now. Power in the mullet. That's our Can next. We get a, a Star Wars Twitter right, account. We, we brought it up too many times. I'm letting my hair down for the rest. There of you go. Yes. It's, yes. It's. You it's important it. to do so now. You um, man on the front cover of a romance novel. Yes. Michael, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, You're one shirt too many. Jared, Jared the Dark Jedi and Paws of Thunder coming this fall. Um, Michael, <laughs> uh, old Ben for you. A new hope. Uh, circa, uh, how how is that character for you? So this is why I hate being on a stream with Jared is because anytime I think I have something smart or insightful to say, <laughs> he says it first and then says Whatever. it better than I would have said it. He did so that to me on my own podcast about Asherat Het. So I don't. Know <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up. He'll go on a tangent. Yeah, oh, so Asherat <laughs> So. Uh, but no, I, I 100% agree with everything Jared said. You know, um, he is the archetypal sage mentor wizard man um, who fills a functional role. Um, but I think he has—he still has a fair bit of depth. Um, I, I may be a bit biased because A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars film, but uh, you know, I think to, to moments, chocolate small chip moments, cookies are your favorite cookies too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, Vanilla my favorite boy. cookies are these lemon Oreos. Oh, that's wow. right. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Uh, <laughs> but like small you. moments in A New Hope, like Obi-Wan, like when he's talking to Han Solo and Han's like, you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? And he goes, should I have? Like just small I moments like his, that are incredible. I love his face in that one. Uh, that's the most like, all right, child, I'm going to entertain you a moment. Yeah, he, he has a few moments of being sassy <laughs> and, and you get the, the backstory that he gives with Vader, um, which, you know, is a biased perspective. But Here. I feel like that gives him more than just the plain archetypal mentor character. Um, and so I... I think original trilogy Obi-Wan is a solid foundation for the Obi-Wan that the prequels and other supplementary material eventually build upon. For sure. Well, and, and there's such an interesting brilliance to like what you all have mentioned of 
those scenes that are uh, 40 plus years old now that yeah. uh, got filled in uh, after the fact, like, you know, his trauma, re you know, recounting Anakin uh, and the Clone Wars and everything. It's like those little moments. It's insane that those were built in uh, for whatever reason George included them. I'm not I'm not one of those that's like George knew what he was doing the moment he did that. Like, no, like he no. He no planning. I have a movie that can prove you wrong. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, I do believe George knew there was something. And, and I will say, you know, what does make uh, I, another reason for, uh, yeah, why uh, original trilogy Ben is a little less interesting is because he's so archetypal. He's filling a role so much. Yeah. Um, everything else enhances that later on. But in, in the films themselves, he is he's a segue. Um, but I, I, I think what does make him more interesting than every archetype that, um, comes after is he's not just an outside being like, it's not just, I know something you don't know. So I'm here to tell you what you don't know. It's, it's more of a, I I'm a player in this too. Like, uh, even in the original trilogy, it, it's not his fight necessarily, but he is in the game. Uh, he still has skin in it, uh, to the most point. And so, um, you know, even George Lucas knowing, hey, there's some hurt and some trauma. It's more than what you're telling this kid was enough for the brilliant actor Alec Guinness to run with and make uh, space for that to get filled in later. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to clarify real quick. When I said I got a movie that can prove you wrong, I was referring to people who think Lucas had it planned out. I wasn't saying, J.D., you're wrong and here's why. I was saying... <laughs> George no. Lucas clearly didn't plan this because the siblings swap spit. Yeah, the joke I was making. I realized that sounded pithy at JD and not the intended. Uh, I, I love you too much to have taken it that way. So you you're know. you're, but no, I, yeah, it's like it. It's one of those things where um, George Lucas's lucky brilliance is misunderstood as Mr. Magooing uh, his way into a exactly. mythos. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that is an excellent way of putting. That. We we were talking about that recently. Of uh, just like so much is accidental. So much of it is just mm -hmm. George being like, "I don't know," Oops, and then franchise. coming up with a serious answer later, or coming up with a serious answer on the spot, and it's just like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense. That explains yes. all." Like here, guy, it, it's not. It's interesting how not serious it is to yeah. the creator sometimes. The thing that I've learned about my father, who is, you know, dope dude, love him. Um, <laughs> you can guy. ask him a question. And if he does not know the answer to it, he will just make something up. And I respect the hell out of that. It's a dad it's, thing. It's something that I have adopted myself. The, the difference. And that's George Lucas answering questions about Star Wars. Yeah. The difference is there's these glasses pushing nerds following him around with notebooks for everything he says. So it's just like, oh, it's canon. Canon. Canon, you know, and it's it's just so. Like I said, do I do I think there was an idea there? Obviously, otherwise yeah. he wouldn't have um, directed Guinness in the way he did. Um, did he have exactly what the prequels were in his head then? No. Heck no. Do I think he knew who Jaster Muriel was? No. Do I think that lessens Star Wars and its impact? No. Like. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You have to be really silly to have that kind of opinion. I just it, it's something I, I, I so vehemently refuse to take seriously. Yeah. Um, to, to, like, again, like you can't 
to, to kind of a sidebar type thing with the sequel trilogy. Like, yes. Do I wish they had more of like a strong outline? Sure. Uh, you can't look me in my eyes and tell me that planning out your franchise means it's going to be good. Uh, because George Lucas was uh, making shit up. Uh, and you can't tell me the whole he way wasn't. through. The whole way through. The whole way through. You I mean, know how I know? Because I mean, the kids, because 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 the siblings kiss. Exactly. Well, I mean, a lot. Even, like they kiss hard. Even mm -hmm. as recently with um, the prequels, recently. Um, <laughs> yes, twenty years ago was recently. I remember my mother. He didn't <laughs> right. He didn't write episode two until after episode one had really gone out. Like no. And and even then, he wasn't satisfied completely with the episode one they shipped off. But it was out now, and, and it's like it's one of those things. Like, does he have an idea where it's going to go? Yes. Did he have it exactly? No. He was waiting to see what people think. Like, you yeah. know, people really liked that Clone Wars thing. I guess I should write what that should be. Like, the it, only it, thing he ever planned was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and that's just because he really which wanted is an to do underrated movie. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you can't convince me that somebody had the whole thing mapped out. Like, my my biggest thing, like, remove. Luke and Leia kissing. The biggest evidence for Lucas never had this mapped out quite as much as we like to think he did. You cannot go from what Han Solo used to look like to what Han Solo does look like and tell me that there wasn't a whole lot of metamorphosis of idea. Like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which and is fine and good, and I like the thing that made it. Yeah, I mean, oh, either, either we would have had to wait 40 years for him to perfect the story and then do it or we get it growing along the way either either way we've gotten what we which gotten. we never would like look at the special editions if it was up to him he'd be tweaking things until the oh, day he dies be working on it for exactly. better or it'll worse be whether you like it or not we'd be we'd have prequel special editions by now <laughs> we'd have if it was still under lucas's hands you know i mean the I, there's there's an argument to be made for some special editions to continue to happen, but I mean the Blu-rays themselves were more. kind of prequel special That's editions. That's true. That's true. McClunky, like it's it's continued to this day. It's just been subtle. Um, anyway, this is not the the George Lucas uh, cast. It could be. Uh, it could. I have be. it on the mind because of some research I have had to do recently for a project. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Do you do research for what your it, podcast. Yeah, and sometimes. What a, what a nerd. You, when you're on Star Wars Twitter, too, these arguments come up surprisingly often um, when you're like, hey, I like this thing. And it's just like George Lucas would never blah, blah, blah. Who cares? So, but George um, Lucas had siblings life. make out your, your opinion is not valid. Right. Space so Alabama. Uh, now, whether we believe that he was telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth in episode four of who Darth Vader was, either yes. way, it's different by the time we obviously get to episode five and six. Uh, and and I think that kind of enhances the the role that Kenobi plays to Luke in that because now Luke knows something. I think Obi Wan was always trying to hope to keep him from. Mm -hmm. um, Kenobi kind of evolves from this uh, broken character representing uh, a past uh, institution and in society, um, trying to help current climate get better and now he represents this failed teacher yeah. um, trying to kind of do right by the son of his failed student yeah. um, and I think the argument can be made of what he thought was going to be Luke's failure was attachments because that's what failed Anakin mm -hmm. like that is almost 
exactly Anakin's entire problem. Yep. From a certain point of view. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 can be more complicated than that, but in in a very yeah. condensed way. Yeah. And so and so uh, to to put it to you, since you jumped on, like. Mm-hmm. So the perspective of Obi-Wan and five and six are very, look, you have to do this. You have to do it this way. You know, this is the way that the Jedi would do it. Yeah. What what did you think about that? That Obi-Wan? I thought that it was an interesting character. Did Uh, it take you closer or further from from him? Likely. I. It made me like him less, if that's what you're asking. Yes. Like I, I grew up. Words are hard. Yes. I grew up with the archetype of the old man in the cave, like you guys were talking about. Like I, I was raised on fantasy because that's what my dad watched all the time. And you know, there is something very important about the old wizard in the cave. It's Sahasrala. It's Merlin. Watch your mouth. Shut up. <laughs> I'll kill you on this podcast. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Stab you in the chest. Um, yeah. It's an important archetype is what I'm getting at, essentially. And you need a teacher in those moments. And then you get an almost heel turn of, actually, I didn't tell you the whole truth, um, but I wasn't gonna. So the fact that you find that out is actually really inconvenient. Mm. Um, you, you shouldn't know that that's your dad. So don't worry about that. Just worry about killing him. Yep. Because like I said, that's what the Jedi would do. How, do, how to the panel, how do you think that was all gonna go down like clearly he never would have done it like if you oh that's interesting opinion i I like that to me that that that's what i wonder what how do you think it would have gone down had everything stayed according to yoda and obi-wan's plan that luke would just be their instrument to undo the sith uh unknowingly that boy either would have walked into a suicide situation if they hadn't had that little powwow in the elevator where he would have just immediately died. Not even two seconds into the throne room. <laughs> I I cannot see that boy holding his own without like, they his told emotional me so much, but they didn't mention the lightning. Exactly. <laughs> like, I could either see that going or he fights Vader and loses anyway. Personally, I don't think he would have survived that situation. But that's just me. Yeah, and, and Vader would still have found out that Luke was his son. So even Yeah, because that Luke happened outside of... Kenobi's control, yeah. So, so there may have still been an attempt to turn Luke to the dark side, and yeah. I think without the him trying to pull his father back to the light, I don't know. I don't think Luke would have given into the dark side, but I think it does open that door a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something really interesting where, like, we were talking about like the Gandalf comparisons with Obi Wan. Um, that like the introduction of Obi-Wan lied to you about your father. Uh, you also kind of you get like kind of like a Dumbledore type thing going on now as well, where you yeah. have that yeah. like where like Dumbledore's kind of got that edge to him. It's like a kind of almost like a Batman thing in a way where it's like depending on who's writing Batman and how much of a bastard you want Bruce to be. <laughs> we're like, there's a little bit of that. Like, yeah, I'm kind of a shit person and like kept this information from you because I couldn't trust you with it. I'm sorry. And I just I just imagine Dumbledore now. It's just like Harry. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Which is Harry, where is she? Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Dumbledore said calmly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't read those. Books. That is calm. Kill me, Draco. Do you oh. bleed? She will. Um. 
I, I but no, but there's that there, there's that level of like kind of like a duplicitous nature to him. Yeah. Where like I do think eventually he good would, but it's that like the greater good. But like you know, that's our that's the logic our enemies use, Wanda. I, I um, think I think the biggest thing for me is it's hard to imagine them addressing it only because I can't imagine how you would do that. Like I can't imagine after sending this kid to go save the galaxy by slaying his father and a decrepit uh, geriatric politician. Geriatric. Uh, like how after that you're like, great job. That was your dad. And I also your grandfather, yay. sort of. No. Um, no. <laughs> yes. yes. Jared, multiple sources have confirmed yeah. it. Yeah. Kiss my ass. Girl. I know. Yeah. There's no relation. Knock that off. <laughs> Uh, he he influenced. He helped yes, influence. He manipulated the force. We don't know right? that in canon. We don't he was know a donor. We don't know that in canon. We don't know that in canon. It is only heavily implied in canon. Legends. I will. Legends. I will give you that ground. Canon. Canon. It is. It is a misdirect by the dark side to make Vader think the Palpatine helped create him in the Charles Soul comic. Different podcast for a different day, but I will die on that hill. I mean, even with with uh, making this about Luke and his, but I, no. I, I think it's the card that Kenobi has in that that I, I'm intrigued by, and I, I'll, I'll remain intrigued. I think by. he would. I, in my opinion, I think he would. I think that I think that what Obi Wan wanted in the perfect in a perfect galaxy was to condition Luke into like the Jedi ideology enough that Darth Vader is your father is a pill. He would be able to swallow as easily as humanly possible. Like but to the because point that of, he would, he'd go along with it because he believes in, in the <laughs> a goal so much like, yeah, but you know, like, even that goes, even that lends itself to like, Obi-Wan is the best you can get out of a broken system. Like, Luke's failings as a Jedi master all the way in the sequel trilogy is from a direct result of the fact that he has Jedi poster boy, Obi-Wan Kenobi and resting on my laurels ass Yoda training mm -hmm. him. He has their ideology. So, so mainlined into his belief of the Jedi that that leads to his own failings. He repeats the same mistakes that Obi-Wan Yoda and Windu all made. Because those are the types of people who trained him and brought him up. You know, Luke does not have this like fresh take on the Jedi that a lot of people would like to think that he does, or at least that he did in Legends. Here, like, he has this like really like radical streak of like, no, I'm going to redeem Anakin. But other than that, he is a card carrying Jedi of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, I think and that. No, I was just going to say, I, I think the misconception is that he followed exactly blind, like he knew he was blindly following exactly what the Jedi Order had already done. I think he had that behind it. Because like, for, for me, reading with The Last Jedi, you know, he has that idea of this all happened because I was Luke Skywalker. I thought I could be different because I was Luke Skywalker. Like, I think he thought because he had saved his father, he could do the yeah. Jedi thing better. Mm -hmm. And yep. And it was right into those same patterns, uh, like you were saying. Um, so I, I agreeing with you in that, like, I think the misread of The Last Jedi all the time is that it just suddenly went wrong for him one day. No. When in reality, what we're seeing is he just 
he tried to do better, but there's only so many times or so many ways you can try and redeem and save that institution, exactly. I think. It's the Steven Universe principle. If we have any Steven Universe people in the chat. There's yeah. none. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have very casual awareness and have seen a bit. Did, you should it's a good it. show. Everybody should watch it. Everybody. I did I did I was correct in the direction you were going with that, but I was not <laughs> willing to chance it by saying it out loud. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. There there's there's value in feeling like, hey, if I do this, it might be different. But sometimes yeah. uh it's no matter how many or who does the this thing it's still this thing and i think yeah. with the jedi order like the jedi ideology is totally up for grabs i think ray can take hold of that and and fully live that and teach that and, and pass that on i think it's the order and the institution that spoils the ideology uh which is a whole uh conversation in and of itself yeah um, with real world implications but coming back to uh kenobi in, in, in five and six, oh, yeah. his perspective as Luke's kind of cheerleader now from beyond the grave, kind of uh, encouraging Luke in the direction of what he has to do. Because it's, you know, what's great about the original trilogy is it's two stories at once. It's this order uh, trying to overtake the galaxy, being fought against by uh, a small ragtag group of rebels. And it's a personal journey of uh, a family gone awry, uh, you know, mm -hmm. because of this, their connection to this spiritual ether in the universe. And so, um, but the solution to both are in usurping the leadership of yeah. uh, uh, Palpatine and, and Vader. And so, um, Michael, so that way you can show up, Jared, with your good opinions. Uh, how, do you, how do you think about Force Ghost Kenobi and, and his role with uh, pushing Luke in that direction? So Force Ghost Kenobi um, a lot of times tends to be very plot functional uh, in mm -hmm. 5 and 6. Um, he he gets Luke to go to Dagobah in 5 and says, hey, listen to Yoda. <laughs> you know? All right, bye. And then the Jedi in 6, would lose their minds today. <laughs> People would lose their minds today oh, if for that sure. happened. Just like, oh, who, who is this right. Muppet? Yeah, I love him. I love uh, him. So apparently, a Trump supporter. Well, and, and, and and two. Gina the, Carano. <laughs> oh God. Well, and also the the functionality of just like you know, if you face Vader, you have to do it alone. I can't interfere. I only booked for three days of shooting. Uh, exactly. I, I, they they I came to my house to film for <laughs> an hour. <laughs> right. like, but I can't, like I can't there. In, in six, he he has again some more exposition to to justify the the reveal of Darth Vader being Anakin's father, but also I feel like he he sets the the tone of that movie for being like the only option is to kill Vader. Like he's not a man; he is more machine now. You've there is one option that you have, which seems to be again, the opposite advice he was giving in the last movie of don't face Vader. Now it's you have to kill Vader. In some ways, mm -hmm. he's sort of representing the the hypocrisy of the the order and the institution that he's come to represent. But that's a bit of subtext that gets added later. Um, in, in that movie, though, it's 
it's establishing Luke as having only one option when Luke chooses to forge his own destiny instead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, I, like you said, I think episode five is very functional of I need you to get here. And uh, six is really where Kenobi's character starts to play to, you know, angel and devil on Luke's shoulder kind of situation. He could be your of... angle or your devil. <laughs> right. You know, what What? What direction is this kid going to choose with everything we know now and all that's happened? And, and like I said, there's the pressure of, like, I, I, the implications if I don't get this figured out. Because it's not just about me. Uh, it's about my friends on the moon of Endor. It's about all of the rebels, all of the people in the galaxy. Like, if I don't get this wrong, a lot of people get screwed over, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um. And, and here's this voice, uh, you know, right in his ear that's saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do it, and you've got to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and and it, it's interesting how it calls back, because I, I, after Kenobi watched um, the prequels, and it's, it's interesting where, like in Revenge of the Sith, it's the same thing Yoda gave Obi-Wan after learning about Anakin. You know, the pressure of, like, we can't even think about the personal story happening here. You've got to stop Darth Vader. I've got to stop the Emperor. And we've got to save the galaxy. And then like, they proceeded to not do that. <laughs> yeah, they, they both did a horrible job at it. But um, I, I think it's episode six, Kenobi really uh, tries to push purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, the greater purpose. Like, we can't get too much into our feelings and our thoughts about all this because there's this greater purpose. Uh, we can't worry about the boy that you you trained. We've got to look at the greater purpose and save the galaxy. Because um, yep. if you don't think about it too much, it's going to get a lot easier to kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's the exact opposite of what Qui Gon told him: is that he is focusing too much on the future and the greater, you know, co- cosm of the universe. That he doesn't look at the moment and mourn his friend. He does not think that there is any way, shape, or form that he could have saved Anakin in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, I guess killing him is the best way to go. Well, and and two with bringing up Qui Gon, like it's um, interesting how in Episode One he tells Anakin, like feel, don't think, which seems exactly. like such an anti Jedi thing. But like exactly, it's that, almost as if that's what you're supposed to. Be. Yeah, like that. That was kind of what saved Luke. Like mm-hmm. he didn't think when he was there in the throne room. I think he just felt like, no, this is not right. This can't be. Exactly. the way to do it uh, I wonder what uh, I wonder what that uh, meeting in the the force ghost lounge was like when Anakin showed up and Obi-Wan and and all uh, apparently Ayla Secura and Ahsoka and Mace Windu and and all that are there too everybody else um, is like oh everybody's they there anybody in here, huh? <laughs> yeah. force heaven is the funniest up. concept if you think about it for too long yeah. oh yeah I love it can we get a sitcom um, on Disney Plus? A <laughs> right. sitcom. I want it only done I'll with puppets. Home. No, actually, Boob, that's a long-running pitch on DNAP is the sitcom where you just have, like, The Office, but the Galactic Empire. 
Have I just been a part of TNAP through this entire time? <laughs> I think you have. Back when uh, all remaining systems had a pro- podcast, we exactly. lost an episode, but we had talked about an entire Inquisitor series that was just an Office-esque sitcom. So maybe we're all just making the same. Jokes. I mean, it literally the series like that, like it would be so fun. Like one of my biggest things. This is going to be such a sidebar. Was like That's like fine. like the the blueprint for it was I told a very like oversimplified version of the plot of Labyrinth of Evil. Ooh, yes. where like the beginning of the book is basically Obi-Wan and Anakin show up. That's the Legends version of the business on Cato Naimodia that doesn't doesn't count. Obi-Wan accidentally gets stoned, fights an entire army of battle droids by himself, and all they almost capture Newt Gunray. And Newt Gunray, when he leaves, accidentally leaves behind his stupid little hologram projector chair that is meant solely for the purposes of communicating with Sidious. Gunray eventually is on a hologram call with Grievous, Dooku, and Sidious. And they're like, okay, glad you made it out of there. You have the chair, right? And Gunray going, (laughs) about that. It's a it's a it's an office uh, episode all in one. Do you think it would be bad if the Republic had it? And then that call ends. Palpatine immediately calls Count Dooku, and I'm gonna push my microphone away because I'm about to yell for comedic effect. I'm warning people with headphones in. Palpatine just calls and goes, You need to kidnap me! Come to Coruscant! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use my F bomb. You need to come to Coruscant right fucking now and kidnap <laughs> me! I don't care how many ships. You bring Grievous, all of them. Get me now, because like literally, like they're they're all in the process of going. Hold on, why is this Darth Sidious guy broadcasting from Five Hundred Republica? How is it coming from the basement of the Senate building? That's <laughs> weird. That's hmm. suspicious. Boom, boom, boom. Separatist ships just start showing up in hyperspace above Coruscant. Well- Right when we'll they're, they're like, that out later. Well, yeah, we're gonna have to get back to that. Uh, the <laughs> Chancellor's been kidnapped. Uh, this is kind of batshit crazy, even for Grievous. It's so fun. Like it is just this hilarious misadventure because Palpatine's like, "Ah, kidnap me! Come get me! Right. Get me right now!" Pick me and, up. And 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 for mom, I'm wondering. scared. Pick me up. Dooku, pick <laughs> mom, me up. I'm scared. Uh, Labyrinth of Evil is a fantastic book, but this is basically the plot. And then it goes into what would yeah. be the early parts of the, the Clone Wars micro series. Um, such a good book, but it is that dumb uh, in some ways that it would make a great office script. Um, we need to do a dramatic reading of that. Part, parts of I'll do it. Parts of Kenobi almost felt like uh, little bits of the office, and I can almost just imagine like the fifth brother and, and all of that doing little interviews afterwards. It's just like. She will not get the throne. I'm next in line. I'm going to need a ladder to get the cat in the ceiling. <laughs> Hello. I've seen that episode. Yes. Um, well, so uh, we, we tease at it a lot, but to, to get into some of what builds up Obi-Wan beyond what he is, because, I, I, you know, at, at some point, the story is out of his hands, obviously, and we've talked about it. We all know it. If you like Star Wars, you know what happens and how it goes. Um, uh, but uh, eventually the original trilogy ends of yada, yada, yada. Books make money and people. George Lucas is like, hey, I want that money. I'm going to make three more movies and hence the prequels, uh, a.k.a. Backstory. Um, 
and the best we, backstory you've ever seen in your life. Yes, the the uh, the illustrious origin story of many a character, including uh, a ripe, uh, baby-faced, nineteen-year-old Obi-Wan Kenobi, circa mm. the Phantom Menace. Uh, a lot of stuff goes down when you turn nineteen uh, in Star Wars, apparently. <laughs> a lot. Um, and that's where everything goes wrong. Everything exactly. goes wrong at nineteen. Ray, Anakin. Uh, and now uh, Kenobi gets added into the mix. And Luke. Um, and Luke. Uh, and uh, yeah, Luke is who I mean, actually, not uh, Anakin. Anakin was nine and his wa- future wife uh, was 10. So they yeah, were but collectively attack of the clones. 19. He's 19. So. Yes, uh, that's true. So, uh, yeah, first of all, um, only because it's just recently come to my attention from a few people that apparently it was a weird casting choice. But how did you guys feel? Uh, with Ewan coming into the role uh, and who has now obviously become uh, Obi-Wan to a generation. Yes. Um, were, were you into that? Did you did you see the logic or was it just like, oh yeah, he can do an accent. That's, that's you know. Uh, uh, I, mean, I was one when The Phantom Menace came out. Uh, you so child. I was also one when The Phantom Menace came oh, out. <laughs> Gosh. They're babies. They're babies. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you and McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you infant. Yes, you. Right. Is. You mean it's not you in, in episode four, five, and six with a lot of makeup? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Obi-Wan you know, Kenobi isn't even my favorite Alec Guinness. There's a movie that he did called Murder by Death. Yes, you mention it all the time. One of the funniest murder mysteries i've ever seen in my life and and i only mean that because it always comes up that yes i do and uh and i'm putting this out there for anybody that would judge me i don't know uh, if any if that exists but uh star wars is the only alec guinness i've ever seen i do judge you Same. i i, I, I just you. i don't know you know, I know. um <laughs> and i'm kind of okay with that learning more about him not that he was a horrible person or anything like that it's just yeah. like obviously star wars was a little beneath him i don't really care what he thinks i liked what he did and so he doesn't really get a say so in my feelings you don't like any movies um, made before 1977 if they're not if they're not hammer or toho no i don't he was in a couple they don't of exist movies. uh really yeah interesting and He's even hammer has actor. star wars actors in it so oh so that. many exactly. so many peter cushing on, uh uh christopher lee so many greats um anyway yes ewan because you knew Ewan before Star Wars, unlike yes, I did. me and many uh, Star Wars fans. I, I saw Train Spotting much later, obviously. <laughs> yep. What was what was it's the one with the glitter? <laughs> Velvet Goldmine. Yeah. Yeah. Velvet Goldmine, one of my favorite music movies Do ever. Do yourselves a favor. Watch Velvet Goldmine if you so, want to see some salacious things. I, I, every chance every chance I get an opportunity to bring this godforsaken video game up, I do. My, obviously, I saw the movies as a kid. The thing that made me a hardcore Star Wars fan uh, is this trash ass Xbox game called Star Wars Obi-Wan. Trash ass is the most apt way to put that. (laughs) That game. It was a video game of terrible. And I play it. Once a year, at least. Not not every Star Wars game can be bomb bad racing. Okay, lay off. It's for so many reasons. It's great. The voice actor they got to play Obi-Wan Kenobi sounds more like a Norwegian man trying to do an impression of someone doing an impression of Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. This was before Um, the James Arnold Taylor era. And 
it's turned up to 11 because there's a button that makes you talk whenever you want to. So oh, like at any no. at any point you could just walk away, <laughs> rock around and go, "Hello, hello, hello, hello." I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you understand my language? He'd do that at aliens if you if you hit Y too many times. Low key, a little space racist. I love it. I um, mean, perfect for you. But anyway, if you sat through the credit, I'm not gonna get into all of the the the, the game because I've talked about it like any time I get an opportunity to. If you get to the end of the credits. And you only get the credits when you like play through the game entirely. Like you, you can go back and replay missions, but the end cinematic and the credits only triggers when you hit new game and then beat it. This horrible Ewan McGregor voice double does a Star Wars themed version of the choose monologue from Train Spotting. Oh, what? Wow. That is an incredible. I you, stand by. I'm going to find this so you can screen share it and play it. Oh it is God. the funniest damn thing. You have no idea. That is, I have Y'all never heard talking. of this, Jared. Y'all what? keep talking. I'm going to pull That's it up. That's amazing. I, yes, Velvet Goldmine is a fantastic movie, and everybody should watch it. Um, so is Train Spotting. So is Train Spotting. I the baby Choose on the, the ceiling. Choose a light me out. I haven't seen a bad Ewan McGregor film that I can think of. No. Um, oh man, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge, Big Fish. Oh, he's in uh, season three even, of Fargo as two different characters, and it's he amazing. Did do that. That's right. Yeah, he's an um, incredible actor. Uh, even he was uh, in Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't know if you've heard of this show. It's on no, I, I've actually never the, seen that one. Uh, oh my god, just Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, even Birds, Birds of, of Prey. Prey. Very good in that. So good in Birds of Prey. Uh, he is so really good. He's such a brat in that movie, and I love this it. This is my um, things. Why is he <laughs> touching my things? I I, so I I love unhint. I love when he gets to do more because he is such a uh, even keel uh, fun guy. I think he gets such good things, and uh, he's even said it's like it's a lot of fun being a villain sometimes, being able to just be unhinged for whatever reason I want. He was in one bad thing. Oh, it was in the live action remake of Beauty and the Beast, but he was the one no. good thing in it. No. He was the he was Lumiere, Hot right? Yep. It's not that bad. Hot take: live action Beauty and the Beast is fine. Terrible. Fine that's every best. that's every live action Disney movie. It's fine. It 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 exists. It doesn't yeah. need to, but it does. I'm a theater um, kid. It was like just seeing a production of the musical with a really big budget. So uh, that's what I got out of it. Would would be a fool not to mention as well, uh, Doctor Sleep. Mm. Uh, most recent, uh, uh, and I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it was great. The Winnie and the Pooh thing. The Winnie and the Pooh. Yes. The Winnie, Winnie and the Pooh. Both of them at the same Winnie and my Pooh. I put, I, I linked the video to it yes. in the in the private chat. It takes you through like the last seconds of the Darth Maul boss fight, and then like it plays the choose monologue if you would like to play it for the audience how, lo- like how long is it but it is like it's it's like a minute and 30 seconds oh if that's you skip, totally doable that's, uh, that's gonna be our big finale so i tell I love you it. what um, it's so funny <laughs> so uh for for the sake of time yes. um oh for the sake of tim yes uh so we're all on board with you, and it sounds like we love yes, the man. He's absolutely. a great, he's a great guy. iconic Obi Wan. Just like when I'm, you think Obi Wan now, it it is Ewan. 
Yeah, well, and he's gotten the benefit of getting the heavy-hitting material for the character. True. Um, it's part of why I'm so glad, uh, not only is it a beloved character that he played now, but now he gets to hear that he is directly connected to uh, the people that love him and his, his role so much. Um, bringing him and Hayden back has been one of the best things Star Wars has done uh, recently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I'm glad they get to see and hear the effect that they have had on fans being these characters. And so that said, with Kenobi uh, kind of lumping the prequel trilogy together, um, you know, from Padawan, that for me was instantly more interesting because it just definitely wasn't quite what I expected. Even as a kid, um, I didn't have to read too much into, oh, he's still a by-the-books kind of character and everything, but he seemed uh, he seemed snarky in his own way. You know, I mean, starting off, obviously, with the line of just, like, nego negotiations were short um, to everything of just uh, how he talks to Jar Jar when they first meet and all that. He's, 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 he's a different. teenager. Yeah, he, he's, 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 he's a little... Feeling himself a bit. I don't know if that that vibe was there for anyone. He's but then, a young man who definitely grows into his sense of humor. Yes, he's young, right. dumb, and full he of eventually the develops the ass to throw behind being that much of a <laughs> shithead. Yeah, well, like I'm still looking forward to that happening for me someday. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think the the chemistry that was missing was someone to play off of it with, which obviously Anakin Hayden in that role. They they do so well together back and forth and i think that's where most of kenobi's humor gets refined uh for sure but we decided uh, we were going to come and rescue you master <laughs> mm -hmm. good job, good job. <laughs> right. um so so jared what what'd you think of uh ewan's uh kenobi run in the prequel trilogy how how he gave depth to this uh, i mean by then even iconic character of kenobi well, I mean, that's the that's the beauty of it. Going back to what I said earlier, you know, like you have this character who's like, again, shorthand for sagely old wizard mentor. And then you make him this kind of like. Pissy 20 something. Who becomes like. A snarky dad. And then like your best friend by the end, you know, like 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 you you, you make him so much more complex, like. There's a lot of like kind of surface level complexity that gets added by making him a liar in the original mm -hmm. trilogy. Where like by the end of the prequel trilogy, you almost kind of get the sense that like he told Luke that lie not because he didn't want to tell Luke the truth, not because he doubted Vader would be killed if he told Luke the truth, but because like Obi-Wan had to cling to that. Like Obi-Wan mm -hmm. kind of tells on himself in a way. He's like, you know, like the things that we, you know, hold dear and believe are, you know, things from a certain point of view. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, like I can't really think of the fact that that's Anakin. Yeah. Because it hurts me and I've lost so much and so much is I've been put through so much. It seems more selfish. It, mm -hmm. it, is, it is a little selfish, but there's also like a, you know, like a, like a good selfishness to a degree for that. We're like Obi-Wan in some ways, by the time we see him in Kenobi and in the pre or in the originals, he's kind of choosing himself uh, for the first time ever, where you don't see that from him in the prequels and in the Clone War. He is so dedicated to the cause uh, above all else. 
And the only thing that he's like even dedicated to the cause more than himself is Qui-Gon. And even then, like his willingness to, I'm going to break character for a second. That you cracked your neck. It sounded like a firework. Is Taylor okay? <laughs> yeah. She, she did a little like crunchy crunch. And I was like, damn. Like it sounded <laughs> like she got General Zodded over here. <laughs> like, Wow. This is a very specific reference. Wow. It, it was exactly for this group. Um, but no, like he finally like choose he's finally like choosing himself and with Qui-Gon, like and I love what you brought up earlier, JD, with that that, that comment about um you know, like well, if you think the Jedi Council is so wise, then just go with whatever the hell they say. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan almost makes it clear that he trusts Qui-Gon over the council. Mm. In that moment where he's like, no, I'm training the boy. I don't care what any of you say. Yeah. I'm training this kid because that's what Qui-Gon wanted. Yeah. And I know Qui-Gon well enough to know that he's right. If he died for this, uh, which he he did. Yeah. Uh, So he's just, Obi-Wan becomes so much more complex in many ways, but he also becomes more human. And this is like a... This this is like this is those moments where like this is how you tell a Superman story kind of thing, where like show me, show me who Clark Kent is. Exactly. Yes, these are the like, Clark this, Kent like, like we're going back movie. to like a Richard Donner Superman type thing. Like like show me why Clark why Clark Kent is human, and why Kal El is aspirational, and mm. how they do truly become the same thing, one and the same, because of that resiliency and like pure of heart nature. Like when people talk about the whole, you know, name characters from another universe who could lift Mjolnir, Obi-Wan Kenobi is always the top of my list. Yeah. Like, That's a fair one. Like, like, like Superman's a given. No, R2-D2 is a so- psychopath. I was going to um, say, he's, foul mouth. he's willing to kill, though. I don't think that helps his case. <laughs> no. I, well, that's like, part of what makes you worthy is the willingness to kill for the good. We're getting off track. Obi-Wan before the moment he cleaves Anakin apart and lights him on fire yes. could lift Mjolnir. And the only reason he couldn't is because he's too far in his own head to let himself mm-hmm. lift it. And yeah. that's that that's who we got is someone who is worthy. Like that's the best answer I can give. Like original trilogy, Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe, I don't know. He sure is sagely. He sure is brilliant. Like again, He's space Gandalf for, you know, to be to be incredibly reductive. But like original trilogy and Clone Wars Obi-Wan, that's a hero. Mm-hmm. Like mm. that's a that's somebody who has a lot going on on the inside, but like realizes he needs to be more for other people uh, and to be a paragon, even if he doesn't see himself as a paragon. You know, he, like, he, yeah, it, it's not really his choice. It's it's yeah. how he's perceived based on on who he chooses to be um yeah i think um what what adds to him is uh, as we mentioned kenobi first introduction he's an archetype he has to fill a certain role and uh this is the first time to really get to characterize kenobi a little bit more it's not about um helping this kid on his journey obi-wan is very tied to the journey of Anakin Skywalker, who the story's really about. Um, and so he he gets his own full development uh, throughout that. Um, 
Michael, do you think that the journey with Kenobi through the prequel trilogy ends like episode three ends and you're like, that is now the Kenobi I, I once knew. Uh, like, does the transition happen pretty seamlessly, you think, from what we got in one, two, and three into four? Or did you benefit from having something in between there to transition that more? I think both. Um, like, before we got the show, I was very much like, you know, what we get at the end of Revenge of the Sith is the perfect lead up to the the ideal Obi-Wan that we get in episode four. But at the same time, I think having that transition adds so much depth to the character because we truly see Kenobi at his lowest point, yeah. um, which for me has become like the archetype of hero, especially in star Wars that I just adore and that I, I, I relate to the most, you know, Luke and TLJ is my favorite version of Luke. The sort of broken Obi-Wan we get in the show is maybe my favorite version of Obi-Wan uh, mm -hmm. at least. Um, the, the beginning of my favorite version in Obi-Wan because we see him overcome those things uh, and he gets his own sort of hero in that way and we get to see him go from someone who is disillusioned with himself to, to forgiving himself and willing to move on and become the Obi-Wan that we all know yeah I, I think it kind of calls back to what Jared talked about early on like when you watch the prequels when you watch the clone wars and all of that you see this character that does have moments it's hard not to given the climate of things war and all yeah. of this uh but he always bounces right like mm -hmm. all right qui-gon dies but it's okay i've got anakin i'll train him it's gonna be okay um i lose Satine, but you know uh i'm gonna continue to fight for her cause and i'm gonna continue mm -hmm. to believe in what she believed in that that keeps her alive in some way like you see him constantly come back uh in, in that prequel era um it's only here that i think in the in the in between of three and four he's firmly on the bottom yeah <laughs> like if i he, may he's I'm down sorry, there Judy, sorry. no you're good you're right. yeah i take it so much of that like because he's the quintessential jedi because he does everything so right by Jedi standards, I think that's part of why he just implodes the way he does mm, come sure. time for the show. Totally. Because he did everything right. He did exactly. everything right as far as the Jedi are concerned and still look at what happened. Yeah. You know, so like there's such a level of like, like, am I the problem? You're right. Which is the well, same thing that, that happens to Luke where he's like, well, clearly I'm the common denominator here. Yeah. Clearly the Jedi are the common denominator here. Yeah. This is all wrong. Well, and, and before this, the most interesting addition to the character that we'd gotten since the prequels happened, really, and, and the Clone Wars did a lot. I mentioned Satine. Yes, I mentioned uh, Maul coming back, even, which yeah. ties into Satine. Like, so much of the Clone yeah, Wars, like, we focus on a lot of things, but Clone Wars actually does a good bit, a, a good bit for Kenobi. It's definitely more about Anakin and Ahsoka and whatnot. Uh, but every now and then it deviates to other interesting characters, Kenobi being one of them. Um but uh, aside from that prequel era, the most interesting thing that we got recently was Twin Sons uh, and Rebels. And there's one line in yeah. there that I think justifies, uh, for me retroactively, because again, I was a naysayer before this, but um, the justification for the show, right? Uh, when, when Maul shows up on his doorstep, aka his stoop, uh, 
His stand. Um, <laughs> hey, look, it's Snoop Kid. That kid's stooping. Um, <laughs> Snoop Kid's afraid to leave. It's like, look, look what you've become, and and his, you know, Obi Wan's response of look, look what, what I've risen above. above. This, this is him rising. Right. Right. He he needed to rise, and whether we realized it or not, Episode Three ends with him at the bottom. Like, I know there's a beautiful sunset. There's a great shot with the AOP and and the Lars homestead and everything, and it seems like he's just gonna go away and come back when when time calls upon him. But in all reality, everything that happened, he's on the bottom. He has not mm-hmm. risen up yet. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is a bottom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple sources and have confirmed more, this. <laughs> Thank you. Tweet it and, right now. Show, I don't know if anybody else here watches The Boys. Uh, no. there, was a, there was a great joke in the season finale. Just these boys. Um, uh, there was a great joke where uh, the the Wonder Woman stand-in in The Boys uh, says to one of the main characters, uh, you look like you should be wearing a shirt that says, please peg me, I'm a bottom. Uh, like like just unprovoked not there's anything wrong with that no no not at all not at all just unprovoked just says that to the main character um and a bunch of people started making memes where it was like huey wearing a shirt that says please beg please peg me i'm begging i'm a bottom uh and now i kind of see obi-wan in a like please i'm a bottom we've we've given you that they sell those Um, shirts on mandalore (laughs) of course they do uh, boop for you, yes. obviously. So, Twin Sons was a big promise yes, on on my side for getting you to Rebels. It, it wasn't so much the I don't like it, convince me to like it, but it was more of a hey, I, I, I want mall. yeah uh, yeah. It it was dangling that and 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 uh, it, you you can't resist. No, I can't. Um, so having that beautiful moment and then getting this uh transition to a, a risen mm-hmm. uh kenobi was that much needed for you or no I, I i pride myself on being someone who doesn't think much about my the things that i consume which take that or leave it honestly it's just my personality at this point um i listen twin sons was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in animation Barn agreed up. yeah it's right up there with uh, the Doom Wolf episodes. Like th- this is beautiful. Like this is meaningful, and it holds meaning for the rest of the story as a whole. Mm. Same thing with Clone Wars season seven, but the uh, mall. Um, I I didn't need much convincing that we needed to see the story play out further. Like I, I've always wanted to see how he goes from hot mullet to turtle hermit so i mean there's always more stories to be told in the star a hurdle, wars if you will a hurdle exactly um that was a master roshi joke for anybody who i you know, i got it i was also doing the ass that's why i like you jared i i told john the <laughs> it other didn't day in click the in my brain until you explained it but now i get it you're welcome buddy. <laughs> that's why she explained it yeah um, um yeah like I think what we got in Kenobi is exactly what we needed to flesh out that character more. Like we got all of the feelings that were already there just hit across our head with a shovel hard and fast and never letting up. And you know what? I enjoyed it because I'm into that kind of thing. Right. Well, and, and excuse me, they, um, but 
I, I, I think, again, it's one of those things where if you really want to, you can make the leap from three to four. If, yeah. if you really want to, you can make the leap from three to twin sons. I think uh, the, the beautiful thing about Star Wars is you can watch only the biggest given things, one through nine, yeah. and get everything you're supposed to get. I think it's a matter of being left with, do you want more? Because there's more. Exactly. Um, and and Kenobi the show the supplementary material is just that supplementary. Exactly. Yeah. And and so if if you didn't need Kenobi putting himself back together, if you didn't feel he was in that place, that's fine. That show's not for you. That's okay. Um because I've seen mixes of um mm -hmm. reviews and and only about half of them actually dealing with Kenobi. Yeah, um, most of them most Nonsense. of them are just out out of people's butts, but um, which is impressive. You know, it like it, again. If you didn't need that story, then you don't have to ha watch it. You can perfectly go uh, from three to four if you so please. I think um, it continues the trend of, like I said, uh, enhancing yeah. the surrounding media. And for someone like me, who uh, original trilogy because of the order of the universe and how it came about uh it's a little bit drier when it comes to this character mm -hmm. uh the original trilogy benefited a lot from this show for me yeah i mean you don't have to read the silmarillion you don't have to read the other dune books you could just stop at number one in my opinion i am you know i'm not a dunologist but like it helps it makes it taste better. It's alternate media is the seasoning of the fandom. Yeah. If that makes sense. If that was at all coherent. Yeah. Well, I, I think the biggest thing for this show for me um, is that we, we get that journey of, cause, cause again, even if you end episode three, yeah, he's on the bottom, but it seems like he's just going to bide his time until the fateful day when he goes and rescues Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, we thought he was just meditating in the woods or right. the woods, the desert. Uh, and, and that he clearly just uh, abided because of his strong will and, and connection to the force and his Jedi-hood. Uh, I like it better, though, that he abided by his personal journey, that he came around to it from struggling, that he felt everything that had transpired. Because um, that's what we see is that like, it, he doesn't just bounce back like he has so many times before that you know Anakin falling was the the straw on the camel's back where it's like Kenobi Kenobi's no more Obi-Wan is gone it's only been I am what my my uh allegiance to the Jedi has made me you know he and Anakin in this show are on the same journey of picking up the pieces uh, of what had come before them and and so I I for one needed to see the story of him feeling everything that had happened and making that heel turn uh, to the twin sons, Obi-Wan, mm -hmm. which is very near to episode four, Obi-Wan. And not to bring up Maul, which you did at first, um, but... <laughs> did I? You did. You Therefore, did it is justified. Time. Exactly. <laughs> Since you bring it up. They are a duality of character in many different ways, but Obi-Wan is what happens when you decide to rise above what you fail. Like it, that is exactly what is in that line. Like mm -hmm. I 
decided to make a change. You decided to stay where you are. You're still emotionally in that trash heap on whatever planet that was. Mm -hmm. And that's your fault. You you are who you choose to be. To borrow from what? The Green Goblin. Yes. Well I was thinking more Iron Giant. Um, Now choose, hero. (laughs) Well, I, I think whether they realized what they were doing or not, but the power of you know, Obi-Wan asking, what have you become? Obviously yeah. paralleling Maul of look what you've become. Again, you know, you can Ooh. you can pseudo George Lucas that of like, oh, no, they were def- that, they were big fans of Rebel. Like, it does kind of enhance that line, though. It connect- like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it connects for me. That's all that matters, whether they did it on purpose or not. But, um, I'm you know, it I, to the list. I think it's so poetic that he looks at Anakin the way that Maul looks at him. He's like, no, I'm not what you see. I, I'm what I see and what I know I am. Mm-hmm. And I know what I am because this journey, you know, yeah. um, th- this show gives him the journey to help him get to the point of I- I've risen above because fill exactly. in the blank. Um, are uh, you going to rise above today, kids? <laughs> uh, to, to you guys, though, um, do you, I mean, are you kind of in the same boat as I am or did this show mean something different uh for the character to you do you have any Uh, after school special where did the show touch you (laughs) (laughs) all over i don't know if that was not too faint for anybody to hear Uh, (laughs) no i i love stories like this um the hero remembering who they are and doing the thing again uh never doesn't fill me with emotions uh, it's why I love the last Jedi. It's why I love in, it's why I love into the spider verse. Mm. Um, it is why for me, a story like injustice works, uh, going back to Superman again, uh, because you get to see this hero in such like a diametrically opposed position to what they normally are mm-hmm. where, you know, you see a hopeless Spider-Man. You see, you, you see, you see a joyless uh, Spider-Man, you see a hopeless uh, and without direction Luke Skywalker. You see a tyrannical and jaded Superman. And here you see a broken Obi-Wan Kenobi. Something Obi-Wan, in theory, cannot be. Mm. Because he is indomitable, because he is so powerful from within, not, not lifting things powerful, but I mean, he, he has a powerful spirit and he does lift things eventually. Um, That's the sign of a Jedi. Exactly. Uh, rocks and shit. But. Put that on a t-shirt. An Arubesh. Uh, rocks and shit. But no, I love I love seeing Obi-Wan reclaim his Jedi-hood. You know, there's a very much in the same way that Luke sees the failings of the Jedi. Obi-Wan sees his own failings. I think there's a part of him that like just doesn't know what to do, which again is so uncharacteristic of him and seeing him slowly get his mojo back um, is beautiful and seeing the way it's juxtaposed against Anakin and Vader in the way that, you know, now I I talked about this a lot with our coverage on uh, Knights of the Nerd Republic that Vader is, has moved so far beyond the failings of Anakin Skywalker, except for when Obi-Wan is involved. Mm. Yep. 
like you would never, ever, ever see some of the pig-headed decisions Vader made in this ser- in this series, except that it's Obi Wan. If it were any other Jedi, Vader would have played it cool. Oh, if it were yeah. anyone else, if it were anyone else, Vader would not have lashed out like that. Another cool through line he has to Kylo Ren. We're like everybody likes to talk about Kylo being this like super emotional, out, out of control, whatever. Look at the Battle of Crate. Kylo is cool as a cucumber until two things happen, the Falcon and then Luke. Mm-hmm. Other than those, he is ice cold. He is in the zone. He is kicking ass. He's a fantastic military leader until that, you know, spicy Skywalker trauma comes up. Um, we love delicious, it. delicious, sweet and savory. Um but yeah, no, I love this show. I love seeing Obi-Wan reclaim who he was. And I love that the show does not like the, the this is the best gap bridging of the gap between you and McGregor and Alec Guinness. Uh, if you look at them as separate characters that you see an Obi-Wan who is accepting of the of the galaxy as it is, um, but also is no longer blaming himself for it. And who I just it's it's a beautiful transition. And I love stories like this where you get to see we get to see him put it back on and it makes me happy. Yeah, this is this is the best Obi-Wan story. And I don't think that's debatable at this point. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I don't. <laughs> well, know. No, I, can be wrong. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but mine is right. <laughs> I, I think. Exactly. What, I think what helps is that this is this is his story for once. Um, yes, he, he's always been. Despite in... the fact that he has top billing in the prequels, which I always think is interesting, oh, that for it's sure. supposed to be Anakin's story, but Obi Wan has top billing is so fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you see it play out is, you know, he he's very much there and he's heavy where he needs to be. But by and large, it's not his story. Um, And I think that's the biggest swing of this show is it's just no, we're going to put him front and center. Yeah. um, And and give all the character you think uh, he never needed or always needed. However, you approach the the character, we're going to give it all to you. Um, And and so I really. I really enjoy <laughs> I really enjoy what this show exactly. did for his his personal story. Got a lovely Mr. Chris Ryan's in the chat. Of course. Hey. Every single day. Love that man. Everybody just wants to scout shout Skeletor every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Um got a new Skeletor pop figure the other day. Yes. Satisfied for, with my purchase. Why did we need another one? Because it's Skeletor. Exactly. Um Evelyn needed something to stand by. Uh, Boop and Michael, anything you want to add? I mean, I've so for anyone watching, listening at any given point with this, um, we're we're obviously this episode is not a one to one show no. review. We're not probably going to do one. Uh, we're going to talk about aspects of what transpires here in yeah. other future episodes because we want to be more interesting than just every other reviewer. Yeah. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, I, th- yeah, I think... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just I think hi, I'm nerd herder. I don't want to be a film critic uh. because everybody else has already done it better than us. Um, eh, I well, think we do pretty good. Uh, better I, than most. The the Thank way we you. approach Star Wars, uh, I don't think 
lends itself well to reviews. No. I think that's why if you look at any of the ones where we do a one-to-one review. I actively um, refuse to rank anything ever. Because <laughs> um, it's stupid. Those episodes tend to go exorbitantly long because oh, we right. want to uh, distill everything so much. And the show would be so easy to do with Vader, Kenobi, Luke, Leia, Reva, the Inquisitors as a whole, the rebellion that we see. Like, there's so many things we could do complete episodes and deep dives on that it seems counterintuitive to try and condense that down. Yeah. Uh, because we feel we don't think on this podcast. We're just going to talk so, about the nubby. Yeah, um, but yeah. so if if exactly. we're missing anything, that's that's your cue to let us know. Hit us up on on uh, social media, or uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, the comment section is right there. Yeah, let us know uh, specifics of what you enjoyed and everything. But Boop and Michael, for anything else you wanted to uh, include uh, about what this show did for you, uh, for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, anything specific to your journey for that? I had something to say. Um, I'm going to piss off some fanboys. Boop has something to Go say. Ahead. Yay. Um, so I am a fan of Dragon Ball, way over Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Uh, because Goku fails a lot. He gets beaten a lot. And then he grows from that and gets better. That is how you make a character interesting. I don't Taylor think off camera just said, especially as a parent, if anyone didn't hear that. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think there's very much that's interesting about Goku and Dragon Ball Z because he's, you know, he's winning. That's the entire thing. Vegeta is a much better character. The, the other characters wait for Goku to show up so that exactly. he can win. They do. That's the entire crux of Dragon Ball Z. Is when's Goku gonna show up? I guess we're just gonna wait around and get killed while we wait for him. Shut up. Um, so I love to see a character fail. I love to see him beaten down and at the bottom. Insert of a more chasm. Green Goblin dialogue here. Exactly. <laughs> see a hero fail, fall, die trying. Exactly. That is one hundred percent true. Like that is what you need to make an interesting character. And make me care about them in general. So I truly love what we got out of Kenobi for those reasons. Is we see him at the bottom of a chasm, desperately looking for light. And he's got to pull himself out of it. And nobody's going to help him but himself. He is figuratively and literally buried beneath the rubble of exactly. you gotta everything some before rocks. him. Man, yep. who... It's like that, again, another meme I saw because of uh, the ending of The Boys this season, where it was this one uh, meme where it was like, subtext is for cowards. Exactly. <laughs> I know writers who use subtext, Lips and all rights. of them are cowards. Yes. <laughs> you can't spell subtext for that, but... I, I feel like you could have made your point less controversially, but I, Look, I man, completely agree I with you. I have <laughs> been nothing but consistent. Look, I know what I'm about, son. I, I like I agree with Boob. Vegeta's way better than Goku. Goku. Oh, I, I'm not disagreeing yeah. on that point. No, but... you're just pissed off because I don't like Dragon Ball Z as much as I like Dragon no, Ball. No, it's fine. It's just why you don't like Dragon Ball Z, but that's therapy for another time. It's a time. lot of tournaments. Both are better I'm than GT. Saying. Look, you're you're my partner and I love you. Uh, no, no buts. I, I am I am enduring your, your opinion. I like Captain right Ginyu. <laughs> 
Everybody loves Captain Ginyu. We should do a group cosplay. Who doesn't love Super Sentai? Of the Ginyu. Let's do at this it. Point, I got at, dibs on Goldo. At this point, yes, uh, the pickle friends could absolutely do. We uh, need to do, do the poses and everything. <laughs> Does Vegeta um, count for the Ginyu Force? Because I just want to be Vegeta. You can be Vegeta. I would fight you, you for Vegeta, but I'd also accept Piccolo. Um, you are Piccolo. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who Piccolo? Are you saying Genie's Piccolo? Hmm. I so said, "Who? Wait, Boop. Who are you saying is Piccolo here?" I would take Piccolo if you're taking Vegeta. I mean, Scotty's my Goku. It's Infinitely me. less interesting than I am. Scotty's Everybody likes him. Best. And he will always win. No. Scotty's not. <laughs> Way Scotty's, overconfident. Stop laughing at that joke! <laughs> Taylor agrees. She knows I'm right. Oh. Michael, on anything but Dragon Ball Z, do you have any other opinions? This is bullshit. <laughs> Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, I 100% agree with everything that Boop and uh, Jared said. They've said just about everything I can say very eloquently. I think Obi-Wan has never been more rich and deep as a character than he was in this show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and, what, I have to and, say and that's what's interesting is at any given point, all the content I think I could have thought of Kenobi is all of the potential like he represents the best of what the Jedi could be but he's all of these failings and everything we're at a point now where we actually can't fit all of the thoughts and content of this character into one episode uh, not at least responsibly <laughs> uh, and so it's it it lends itself to what they've grown into uh, and and by that what they mean to people uh, Obi-Wan for once means something to me uh mm. and and much like you said it took that struggle it took that turmoil uh because unfortunately that's just what's relatable in life exactly. um yep. and so having a triumphant story of if obi-wan can bounce back from this if he can rise above then maybe we all can too i think that's beautiful um so with that, let's ruin all of our wonderful thoughts by uh, listening to this uh, Obi Wan, Obi Wan game thing. I know what I'm doing. Do you? No. no. Hey, anybody want to see my dad? A cameo from my dad? I want to see your dad. Yes. You're stuck with it now. Oh, there we go. Say hello that. to the lovely people of Nerd Herder, Father. You're not on camera, Dad. Huh? Huh? Come here. Come here. Right here. Right here. Right in front of me. Oh, I want to see Jared's dad. <laughs> That's my dad. Hi, dad. Hi Jared's dad. Oh. oh, my gosh. What have oh. I done? <laughs> Madness. I've, I've ruined everything. That's that's what I, I'm so. I, I, look, I, I just don't know what a dad looks like. Okay. So it just, it, you know. Shut um, up. I, I Baby, promise. What the normally, shit did you just say? I'm, I, I, Get a dad. I promise it's. I, I normally don't perform like this. I hear there's a few getting milk right can't, now. So. I, I can't see anything. Can y'all? Do y'all see the full screen yes. now? Yes. All right. All right. Let's no, make sure so, you let us know if you can hear it. Too. For our for our lovely listeners uh, at home, as Jared mentioned, this is the uh, illustrious ending to the Obi One Xbox game, circa 1999. I can't hear anything. Oh no. You can't hear it? No. If I, I, I hate to micromanage. I only figured this out myself recently. If you go to the screen share settings, uh -huh. you want share uh, Chrome tab. Aha. Uh -huh. 
I saw all of these things and I didn't know. Yes. Chrome tab is the one that you want. Mm. I had to learn that the hard way several Got times. It. All right. Let's make sure. Are we back? I can, can see, see the. Can you see yeah, that? Yeah, we can now? see. Yeah. Okay. Okay, there, okay there we go. Oh, man. Horny boy. Man. Those polygons are not cut. Oh, he didn't cut him in half. No, he cut him in half. That's why he grips his tummy. When, if it, when it's not like two pixels, you see him fly apart because of the force push. Choose the force. Choose a job. Choose the dark side. Choose the council. Choose a flubbing big lightsaber. Choose protocol droids, hollow projectors, and R2 units. Choose Watto, Tatooine, and Alderaan. Choose fixed interest credit payments to Sebulba. Choose a Karelian freighter that did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Choose a Wookiee. Choose sitting in Jabba's throne room, watching mind-numbing dancers, stuffing green tubers into your mouth. Choose rotting away at the end of it all, disappearing into thin air, nothing more than an embarrassment to the whiny kid you trained on the way to Alderaan. Choose your destiny. Choose the Force. Why would I want to do a thing like that? I chose not to choose the dark side. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got a lightsaber? <laughs> huh. So disclaimer, the way it is in the game, it's just at the end of the credits. You just get like the normal text thing that pops up the for the subtitles, and it's just a black screen. Like it's, it just happens if you don't skip the credits, and then you just get like you know choose the fools, choose a lightsaber. Like what is that accent that man was right? doing? Listen, all right, I have to. All right, for for anyone listening, pod only to this because yeah, like we do 80, have audio eighty percent of our listeners only listen, don't see. I swear to Glob, we did not do that. Like, no one on this episode <laughs> did that. that it wasn't real. me doing a funny voice like I usually <laughs> no. do. I know it. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I need a Marky and Row dramatic just reading at some point. I just expect force. I just expect the that guy to be like, respect the pouch, respect it, like. What was that? That's like Norwegian Beach Boys. Oh my gosh. That's the Obi-Wan we could have had. That is. It's the Obi-Wan we deserve as a fan. Exactly, Jared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't that's, the, that's, that's, that's the, the Obi-Wan Obi that racist puppets deserve. <laughs> that's the Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars fans uh, deserve. Uh, mm. But luckily we've gotten so much better. Uh, and, Look and what we've risen above. My gosh. Thank God for James Arnold Taylor. <laughs> Thank God oh, they found so that funny. man. Because, it's so beautiful. I love it. I, yeah, I hope that that person uh, was cast under a yeah. ghost name. Um, I, I hope they have wealth and health and just lots of heroin. My gosh. Um, Jesus Christ. So, That's what transporting is about. I right? know, I know. <laughs> this just caught me off guard. <laughs> the heroin's always off guard, just to be clear. Uh, so... I mean, gosh, we can't do much better than that. So uh, we could to turn it over to you, um, Michael, uh, since Jared was on more recently, we know what he's about. But uh, for mm. you, where can the people find you and what you got going on uh, that they can uh, support you? What's your deal? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Local First Order. Uh, I sometimes post Star Wars opinions and Marky on Row impressions and uh, other weird things. You find me on YouTube, All Remaining Systems. I write Star Wars short stories and post readings of them. I'm working on a new one right now called There Is No Emotion that will be out at some point. Um, and in the more immediate future, I have a Star Wars role-playing game series coming out very soon called yes. Ionized Bastards that I'm working it, uh, on with some lovely people, some of whom are currently in this stream. Um, and that should be coming Taylor, probably by the end of the month. tell me. <laughs> Multiple sources confirm. Multiple sources <laughs> confirm. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got going on right now. Lovely. Uh, go support the best boy in all of Taylor, that. Taylor, what do you have going on? <laughs> Putting up with Jared. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, uh, helping film his uh, Roosevelt's uh, uh, sponsorship ads. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm like, listen, Steve. Steve, I'm right here. I'm right here. I am a. I you, you get so many points. I'm a big dude. I, I I'm, I'm convinced. I'm queer as shit. Like I just I check so many boxes. <laughs> you just do. just have me, please. I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, Jared's uh, space presidency is hingent upon all Star Wars fans getting uh, Roosevelt shirts. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, <laughs> Jared, what about yes. you uh, and uh, Nerd Academy? Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552, and you can find the Nerd Academy podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I have a project uh, coming down the pipeline here soon that is nowhere near as fun as Michael's. Um, Alden Diaz from Octo Radio and I yeah. Uh, did it. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, and I'm going to be kicking Too much his leather. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: uh, Taylor's grandmother sent Alden the friend request on Facebook today. Um, there's something about, and uh, and all respect to him, but there's something about Alden and old ladies. I'm just or older. <laughs> he's a cougar hunter. I, I'm. I, it's the voice. I feel. I'm convinced these people don't know what he really looks like, and that he's only four foot two. But like, yeah, it, the voice. The voice does it. The voice does it. So well, don't you guys worry. I'm gonna knock him down a peg. Uh, come Tuesday when we'd have our trivia. Um, I'm gonna avenge you, Michael. Don't you worry. Uh, but no, Alden and I have a very special project coming out. Um, it's gonna be releasing in both of our podcast feeds. Uh, mine is titled "The Fandom Menace and How We Got Here," um, which I'll let the rest of you mm. fill in the blanks from there. Um, it's going to be kind of a, uh, a, a quick crash course on why the star Wars fandom specifically is a breeding ground for alt-right infiltration. Um, the alt-right pipeline, uh, the prequel trilogy backlash and how that was kind of a primer for the current body politic of the star Wars fandom and how uh, Gamergate ruined the internet for nerds forever. Hashtag blessed. So, uh, buckle up it's uh part two especially is a little bit heavier uh because we talk about gamergate but uh if it's something you can stomach and uh uh something you're into uh yeah you can expect that this week actually so uh, keep your eye on both podcast feeds uh and uh it'll be on the youtube channel if you prefer to watch it yeah and if you don't know what gamergate is count yourself lucky
Well, yeah. I was going to say uh, a, a lot of our ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very true. Uh, I was going to say a lot of our listeners, uh, a lot of that's probably uh, things you might be ignorant of, but are Inform worth yourself. informing yourself on. Um, if you've ever had a toxic or negative interaction as a geek in general, sharing what you uh, love or think and being shut down by people that look a certain way and act a certain way. Um, and you're wondering where the heck does that come from? Uh, I think that'll be a study in, in that. Yep. Uh, and, and, and it, in, in the, uh, and I don't want to speak for obviously y'all's intention, but knowing who you are, I can assume, you know, that, that, you know, information is power and, understanding mm-hmm. what's happening in the discourse and why um, uh, certain groups and people and ideologies are attracted to certain things helps uh, us to know how to push back against that. And, and exactly that's why we, and we have hit the nail hard many a time why we are so adamant on positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, are there things I wish were better about Kenobi? Absolutely. Are there things I wish were better about the original trilogy? Absolutely. Nothing is perfect, but by focusing on the positivity, we actively uh, negate voices of toxicity and negativity. Criticisms are one thing. Most of the people uh, sharing what they think uh, and just asking questions are doing so with ill intention. Exactly. Uh, sorry, not sorry. And no, so you're um, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And again, it's it's. I don't want to get into my in, too into it here, but yeah, you know, it's. The, the 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 greatest asset that these groups have, uh, especially while they actively infiltrate our fandom and take a story that is so deeply anti-fascist and anti-authoritarian to its core and co-opt it for uh, some of the most disgusting means possible, uh, they, they thrive on the ability to make us look crazy for calling it out. Because you sound like a lunatic when you go, hey... You see that guy complaining about the character in the new Star Wars show? Yeah. Um, if you really like break down the like the 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 the, the rhetoric, um, it's kind of Nazi shit. You sound crazy. Yeah. You sound crazy, and you it do. requires it requires being able to go back and look at like cultural things and look at you know again like like the nature of alt right recruitment. Um, especially in fandom spaces. And I think it's incredibly important. And I am incredibly grateful to Alden uh, for helping me make a project that I've been trying to make uh, since the very beginning of my quote unquote career in <laughs> podcasting and content creating. Hey, well, career, and, say what you just. And uh, it's something Alden's good at is tying yeah. the things we love to the pangs of reality. And, and, and again, that's where, and that's why we'll be sharing uh, that when it posts and we recommend you check it out. It's just because, again, if we, we joke that ignorance is bliss, but if you understand the things that are going on, you might understand why it's very tone deaf of you to just blatantly criticize uh, a character um, because of how that character is being touted out yeah. for certain ideologies. Uh, yeah. So many people criticize Star Wars and they don't mean anything by it, but they're unwittingly creating spaces and feeding into the toxicity and negativity. Uh, And so we were um, talking about that recently when a YouTuber made a very casual joke about the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But they don't know what 
you know, that, people the, who dealt with. The people that yeah. weaponized that. And exactly. All of that. So I, I think all of it lends to us being better fans. Exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day. It, doing, a better, doing a better job of keeping those people out of our spaces is yeah, the biggest exactly. thing. Like we've alluded to it a couple times in this stream. Like this week, you know, a very popular Star Wars creator on TikTok uh, whose name escapes me. Uh, they were just known as known as like the lore puppet because uh, it was literally this guy who had like a Sesame Street looking Muppet who would just be like, you know, hi, this is how this stuff worked in Star Wars. Incredibly positive creator. Like mm -hmm. was very was very like, you know, oh, I didn't like the sequels, but hey, they're canon. What can you do about it? Like, you know, these are the things I change. These are the things I loved. Very positive creator. Someone that I was very like, oh, like. This is really cool. You know, I felt super seen by them because I was like, oh, a Legends person who like, like knee jerk is it to rip apart the new canon? <laughs> and, then like, and then people found his like actual Facebook, the guy, not the puppet, where he's like, you know, oh, Jesus, you thought they ruined Star Wars. Wait till we see all these queer superheroes. And it's like, what? What? How did you slip under the radar like this? And mm. shout out to Sawyer of Sawyerism on TikTok, Instagram, Star Horse, I think is the name of her podcast. Mm. You know, she's a great creator. She's super cool. She was one of the first person who, who like, you know, threw up the red flag. I was like, whoa, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what we have to do. We need we need to keep this space safe uh, because when it's safe, it does not allow for infiltration. And if we disallow infiltration, um, the kind of culture war stuff that has become quite literally policy uh, within uh, our uh, broke ass United States government um, can be avoided uh, today during there not today, but like this week during the January six hearings, there was a fandom menace YouTuber shown in a supercut of other people talking about the insurrection alongside Tim pool. Um, I was another YouTuber and uh, friend of the show, Alex Jones. Um, now our <laughs> show. You keep that evil off my show. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it. bad Star Wars fans are bad Star Wars fans because they're bad people. Exactly. exactly. And yep. uh, you can find yourself in ill company if you're not careful. Exactly. Um, and so uh, we can if if you want to know more about uh, all that it's we're talking about, all of that, we'll be sharing it. So uh, obviously follow us uh, as well as the, the good boys on all the social medias to see when that happens. Um, if you want to uh, learn more, check it out or just get your own uh, grasp on what's happening in fandom. Uh, we love Star Wars. Uh, we uh, associate ourselves with. Uh, people who love Star Wars and we make what we make for people that love Star Wars mm -hmm. amongst other things and we want to keep it that way and so um, we appreciate everybody that uh, helps us do what we do including our patrons uh, sh shout out to them and note that we have some Patreon exclusive merch going out soon we have eight five are currently claimed because we have five patrons anybody who signs up that means we've got three spaces to fill if you want uh, not only the usual perks to being a patron, but also uh, the new and exclusive stuff coming out soon. Yes, uh, very soon. Check it out. Uh, you get access to special channels in our Discord. 
which basically means you get to help us decide some content and you all of that good stuff. You want to hear me talk stuff. about Nicolas Cage like a lot? That Discord. happens there too. Uh, um, and there is a link for our Discord uh, in the link tree in the description below. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, you can check us out uh, on all the social medias. Uh, and uh, if you like the show, let people know. Let Boba know, apparently. Um, He's just having a moment over here. And uh, we're back next week. We are looking back at Bad Batch. Uh, excited about that. Uh, a great little show, uh, a pseudo sequel to The Clone Wars, and uh, something soon to get a second season. So. Looking forward to analyzing that with the uh, In a Galaxy Far, Far Away uh, boys uh, very soon. So, yes. uh, But until then, again, check out the description for all the important stuff. And remember to stay scruffy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.